welcome to Nerd of Paradise. I'm your host, Kate, and you're listening to episode 16. We'll call this one the Downton Abbey episode. So I'm back from my epic European vacation. I was in Ireland and the UK for about 10 days, um, about five days in each, and it was way, 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 way too short. But I had an awesome time. Um, highlights, obviously, in Ireland were going to Skellig Michael, and I'll hopefully be doing an episode on that later. I'm just not sure if I'm going to do, like, just uh, an episode on the Skelligs, or if it's going to be more of, like, an overall Ireland thing. So stay tuned for that. But then, of course, in the UK, there was Star Wars Celebration, and then after that, uh, I did my day tour to Downton Abbey. And so that's what this episode is going to be about. Keep in mind, this was my last day of my vacation before I went home. So I was kind of a little bit exhausted. Had I been more energetic, I think I might have taken a little bit different approach and actually tried to get some better audio and maybe um, chatted up some of the guides more about Downton Abbey. But I was kind of just majorly exhausted by this point and just took some random um, recordings when I could. And so that's what this episode's mostly going to be. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Downton Abbey if you haven't heard of it. And then, of course, Highclere Castle, which was the main place where it was filmed. And I'll just kind of tell you about the tour I went on that was amazing and then interject it with some of these recordings that I have. Some of them are from the uh, tour guide that was on the bus. He was awesome. He, he knew so much about Downton Abbey. And he just made it so interesting. His name was Andrew. So why don't we just get into it? Okay, so Downton Abbey is a British-American historical period drama and television series created by Julian Fellows and co-produced by Carnival Films and Masterpiece. And so it first aired in the UK in September of 2010, and then it came over to the States on PBS on uh, Masterpiece Theater. Uh... January of 2011. Now, I remember that it took off pretty much like immediately, and I just kept hearing everyone talk about Downton Abbey. I didn't jump on the train right away, but I just remember everyone was going insane over it, and I was like, hmm, I was kind of holding off. Then eventually, I don't know what it was that made me watch it. I think it was probably close, it was probably like somewhere in the second season, and so like I had to get caught up, and I I started from the very beginning, and I was pretty much hooked right away. It's The first season is very, very addicting. It's set in the fictional Yorkshire County estate of Downton Abbey between the years of 1912 and 1925. And so what's really interesting about Downton Abbey is how it depicts the lives of the aristocratic Crawley family, as well as their domestic servants who are in the downstairs, and then the Crawley family's in the upstairs. So it's really interesting because you have these really contrasting lifestyles with the opulent upper class and then the lowly servants who are working downstairs. So I think that's part of the appeal. Everyone feels relatable to at least someone on Downton Abbey. (laughs) So Downton Abbey, it's basically starts in 1912. And so their lives are drastically changed when the heir to the estate is killed on the RMS Titanic. And so this just kind of puts them all in a frenzy because they thought they had everything all figured out. 
and they don't want to lose the estate, and so they find out that their next closest heir is a distant cousin, Matthew, because at that point, they can't hand it down to one of their daughters, which they only have three daughters of at this point. So, obviously, the show is full of drama at any point, and it makes for a really interesting watch. Another thing that made Downton Abbey extremely popular is the gorgeous setting. I mean, there's Highclere Castle, which is the main Downton Abbey house, which was one of the stops on the tour, and I'll talk about more later. The locations where they film actually become like a character almost on the show. They have so much personality, and they're just so amazing to look at. So, for this tour, we got to visit several filming locations for Downton Abbey. So I booked through this company called International Friends and they were awesome. I definitely recommend them if you would want to do a Downton Abbey tour in the UK and I think they do um, other tours. Our tour guide Andrew said he had just done a Liverpool tour the day before I think. So that is pretty cool. I would love to do a Liverpool tour. But anyway, so here I'm going to read some of the itinerary from their webpage. This trip includes entry to Highclere Castle, Yew Tree Farm, plus a visit to Downton Village and Downton Church. So the first stop was at Yew Tree Farm. So that's the name on the show. And then in real life, it's called the Cogs Manor Farm. This is home to the Downton Abbey tenant farmers. If you remember on the show, it's where you see a lot of the pigs and <laughs> that sort of thing. And then it also comes to have a greater role as soon as uh, Edith, spoiler alert, her daughter, <laughs> Marigold, she is actually living on this farm for a while. And so like when Edith would go and visit her when that other family had her, this is where little Marigold would be playing. So it was this really cool little rustic farm and there's animals there. You could walk around and you get to watch this little video about Downton Abbey. And yeah, it's really cool. Um, next stop, was the Downton Village. So, real name is Bampton. So this is a village in the Oxfordshire Cotwolds. It was used extensively for Downton Abbey filming. So the library was used for the cottage hospital. Um, and then the church in town there was used for like for all the wedding, funeral scenes, that sort of thing. And then also just like on the street, like the post office and then like little shops they showed us like um I forget the name of the pub there's like a little pub they always go to and then there's like a little pathway that you always see them walking from Downton to the village yeah and actually I think I have a few clips uh yeah he won't have to see fighting at the front he's sent straight to the front and of course uh while he's taking an injured soldier on a stretcher the other person that's with him gets his brains blown out by a gun of course so we see that and then Barrow's getting very scared so he decides to do what actually a lot of soldiers injuries in the first world war were hands as he started to climb over the trenches they were shot you see so <clears throat> he lights a match and puts his hand up and gets his hand shot he's bandaged up and he returns to Downton and there's a scene where he walks through the main door and Carson's very angry that, that, that Barrow's walking through the main door and he says what are you doing walking through the main door he says Sergeant Barrow now acting sergeant you mean but then he works uh, in the convalescent home and, and then he saves money he saves money and then he then invests in contraband and black market goods and puts it in here and then he sells Mrs Patmore some flour which turns out to be chalk and he realizes that he's been ripped off big time 
And Rob James Collier, who plays Thomas Barrow, said that this is his favourite scene. He was allowed to go in here and smash everything up. So he really enjoyed that. So he went in here and just smashed everything up. But that was filmed in this garage here, okay, which is someone's private garage, which keeps his lawnmower in there. Yeah. But the, 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 door, <laughs> the door next door is where Ethel Park sometimes appears when she's been dismissed from Downton. She has a romp with Major Charles Bryant. You know, he catches her eye. And he, she catches his eye while he's convalescing and then he's sent back to the front and he's killed but she's pregnant with his child uh, in order, and of course she's dismissed from Downton because she's pregnant in order to uh, pay for that child's upbringing she calls him Charlie as well she turns to prostitution so Carson forbids everyone to, to be involved with her uh, but Isabel and, and uh, Elsie try and, and look after her eventually they reconcile with Major Charles Bryant's parents father hates her but the mother is a bit more lenient and asks her to live nearby as they bring up their, their grandson okay so that's the little doorway there now the staff always walk from Downton Abbey to the village whereas of course Isabel Violet and the, the, the ladies will always drive in the car but if we want to see where they film the path that they walk along from Downton Abbey to the village it's just round that corner there journey from the from the big house to the village they'll film it along this pathway here so downton village was amazing and then we all got back on the bus and we headed to highclere castle it was a bit of a drive i want to say it was like an hour and so i think i fell asleep again i had fallen asleep earlier too <laughs> remember by this point i am just like totally exhausted from this trip and you know waking up at like five in the morning the last three previous days to get bracelets for a Star Wars celebration, but yeah, I was pretty tired. But anyway, um, as we started driving up the path to Highclere Castle, Andrew was actually playing the Downton Abbey theme on his phone, so that was kind of surreal. So since I had been sleeping, I wasn't fast enough to like record that, but it was pretty funny. He played the theme and then he kind of gave us a bit of the history of uh, Highclere Castle and who actually lives there now and that sort of thing. So I'll go ahead and play that. Abbey was at one point a religious community and became secular after the dissolution of the monasteries. The same with Highclere Castle. Highclere Castle was also uh, originally monastic land and taken over by the Sawyer family. And the Sawyers, uh, one of the sons married into the uh, Herbert family and the Herberts were Earls of Carnarvon. So the, the title, sorry, the, Earls of Pembroke, I should say. And there are two branches of the Herbert family, the Earls of Pembroke and eventually the Earls of Carnarvon. So it's the Herbert family who now own both Highclere Castle and also uh, Wilton House in Salisbury, which is where another branch of the Herbert family live. And they are Earls of Pembroke. And the Earls of Carnarvon are a branch from the Earls of Pembroke. So basically it's the Herbert family now, previously the Sawyer family. And the present Earl is the 8th Earl of Carnarvon. If we go back to the time of the 3rd Earl, he was the one that uh, organised the, uh, the grounds, sorry, the, the house to be uh, redesigned by Charles Barry. It was much earlier, Robert Sawyer, who got the grounds landscape by Lancelot Capability Brown. Now Lancelot Capability Brown had worked on that 174 
gardens in his lifetime. He was originally employed by William Kent, then set up on his own and became the leading gardener of his time. He, uh, he predates the uh, works of Humphrey Repton and he postdates the work of William Kent. And in the mid 18th century, he was a leading English landscape gardener. He eventually became the head gardener at uh, Hampton Court for King George III. And he was the one that had these gardens redesigned and he, he, he did literally move mountains. He created a landscape that supposedly looked natural and it does. People think that it's a natural landscape. It was actually a man-made creation by Capability Brown. And in fact, his name was Lancelot Brown, but he used to say to everybody that your gardens have great capabilities of change, great capabilities of landscaping. So everyone referred to him as Capability Brown. So he did works at Bowood House, he did work at Chatsworth, Blenheim Palace, Stowe. You know, his work could be seen all around the country. And he always made sure there was a water feature in his in his ground. So he always made sure that a lake was created in his ground. So that the gardens were, were done in the 1750s by Lancelot Capability Brown, whereas the house was constructed uh, between 1839 and 1842 on the shell of an earlier medieval house. When you go inside and tour the house, make sure you see the painting in the dining hall, the painting of Charles I on horseback. That's a Van Dyke painting, and that's worth about £13 million. And also, try and spot Napoleon Bonaparte's writing desk um, in the drawing room. You'll notice that as well, Napoleon Bonaparte's writing desk. As you walk round, you will see the library, you'll see the sitting room, the dining room, the smoking room, the dining room, of course, is where the most complicated scenes are because they have to make sure the food is in exactly the same position at each meal. So that, that scene where, of course, Robert has um, a burst abscess and spills blood everywhere. Remember that scene? That was quite gruesome. Oh, one of my favourite lines that uh, the Dowager ever spoken when she was talking uh, to uh, Mary, and she said, you don't have an opinion, you're not married yet. And when you are married, you have your husband's opinion. So those classic lines that you get on the dining room scenes. You'll see the dining room, you'll see the Van Dyke painting of Charles I, you'll also see the drawing room, the sitting room, the library. Then you'll walk upstairs and you'll go and see all the bedrooms and then as you come back downstairs again you'll walk down the grand staircase which you'll be very familiar with and as you walk back into the saloon then once you've done that you're back out into the gardens again. They, sadly, there's no photography allowed in the house. That's one thing they, they insist on. So when you get to the house, you'll see the rules. No hot food or drinks, no, um, you know, no, no photography. So next up was the tour of Highclere Castle itself. So um, as you just heard, there was no photography allowed on the inside. And I actually didn't do any recording while I was in the house either. I just kind of wanted to take it in and experience it. And from what I understand, um, the Earl and the Countess, they live in the house during part of the year. And in the summer, they live in their cottage and they, they leave it open for tourists like that. So there's family photos all over, which is kind of strange. And it's really interesting. You know, they call it Highclere Castle, but really it just, it's, I mean, it was like, it was extravagant and it was glorious, but castle like I feel like that term castle is really romanticized at least for me like you think like Cinderella and you just have like these magnificent uh, visions in your head about what a castle should be but like Highclere Castle it was just 
I mean, it was like a really, really, really nice house. Like the floors were creaky. Um, and it did, it seemed, it seemed smaller than on the show. Like, I don't know if it's just the way they filmed it, but obviously like when you're filming something, it's going to be different than a house where they're actually like living in it too. So that was really interesting. So on this trip, I also toured Skellig Michael where the end of Star Wars The Force Awakens was filmed. That looked exactly like the movie. So that was interesting kind of to compare and contrast these two filming locations like that. But yeah, the house was cool. I mean, throughout it, you could stop at the little places along the way and oh, they'd have like pictures from the show too to be like, this is where this was shot. So it was also really cool to explore in the downstairs area. And I'm not 100% sure on this if this is like the exact area where the uh, staff had been located with, you know, like that we see on Downton Abbey. But uh, where we went was uh, this whole Egyptology exhibit that they've set up there. And it's really interesting because Lord Carnarvon V, he was actually friends with Howard Carter who discovered King Tut. So this was actually a really, really interesting and extensive exhibit about Egypt. And, you know, they had like mummies, they had a recreation of the tomb, and you could actually like look in and see what it would have been like when they discovered it. And yeah, I've, I've always thought Egypt was pretty interesting. So I thought that was pretty awesome. So after the Egypt tour, um, what did I do? A gift shop, I think. The gift shop was lovely and actually fairly reasonably priced. So I did that and then I toured the gardens and found the secret garden at Downton Abbey. So it was lovely. There were so many beautiful flowers. So while I was still on the Downton property, I took a few moments to reflect. So I'm... Alright, so it's July 18th, 2016. I'm still on my trip... I'm still on my trip over to uh, Ireland first and then the UK and we finished up Star Wars Celebration yesterday and so today was my Downton Abbey tour. As we speak I'm literally standing right in front of Highclere Castle. Yeah it's just a beautiful day out here, um, blue sky, perfect clouds and I'm really surprised the weather I've, both in Ireland and here has been pretty amazing the whole time I've been here gift shop's actually pretty cool. I got some stuff there. It's actually pretty reasonable. Um, right now I'm kind of just out in the open green area. I'm trying to find the gardens, but I'm not sure. There's these really cool giant trees. I'll take a picture of them. But yeah, so um, earlier on the tour too, we stopped, we made a couple other stops like the yew tree farm from Downton Abbey and Downton Village, so very cool. I think I'm gonna just wander around a little more and um, yeah, hope I don't get into too many people's photographs. <laughs> That's all for now. I'll catch you guys later. So that was pretty much my Downton Abbey experience and it was amazing. I would definitely do it again if I was over in the UK. It was so much fun. So if you want to find out more about Highclere Castle, just do a Google search and look for the official Highclere Castle website and there's a lot of really interesting information you can find out about the Carnarvons and the Egyptology. And also, 
Lady Carnarvon. Her name is Fiona Herbert. She has a really cool blog that you can follow, and I'll try to put the link in the show notes for that. But it's a really cool behind-the-scenes look, and also, like, all the videos I've seen of her and her husband, so the the lady and the Earl of Carnarvon, they just seem like such awesome people. I mean, they just seem really down-to-earth. They have this amazing property and these titles, but they just seem like really cool, amazing people. It would be so cool to meet them. But yeah, so check out her blog, and she's also written a couple books. Um, there's one called Lady Elmina and the Real Downton Abbey, and then Lady Catherine and the Real Downton Abbey. I have not read those, but I think they would be quite intriguing, so maybe check those out. And as far as Downton Abbey itself, if you haven't watched it, now is as good of a time as any. I have actually started a rewatch of them. And you can watch them all on Amazon Prime if you have that available to you. So really, really good stuff. Top-notch entertainment if you're looking for something to watch. So as far as Nerd of Paradise, like I said earlier, you can look forward to some more content from my trip on the Irish side of things. And then there's also a little Pokemon episode in the works. In case you haven't noticed, over the summer, uh, something has taken off. Pokemon Go has taken the world by storm, and I have been extremely fascinated by that. And so I don't really have that much of a knowledge of Pokemon, so I enlisted a few friends to kind of give me a Pokemon and Pokemon Go 101 course. So that's kind of in the works. You should be hearing that soon, so definitely watch this space. So let's close this out with a quote from probably the best character on the show. So Maggie Smith's Dowager Countess, the grandma on the show, she was always just saying hilarious, witty things. But here's a good one. She says, I am a woman, Mary. I can be as contrary as I choose. So that's going to do it for this episode of Nerd of Paradise. Stay nerdy, guys, and you'll be hearing from me soon.